Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The Gospel story that we heard this morning is found in all three of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So it begs the question, what is it about this story that compelled all three of the evangelists to make sure that it was included in their Gospel? Well, I think it teaches us an important lesson, an important characteristic of discipleship, which is humility. Now remember last week, Jesus showed us what discipleship really looks like. We must deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. Well, now Jesus is teaching us an indispensable virtue that must be practiced if we are to truly follow him. Notice how he begins the gospel. It says, Jesus was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And Three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. So Jesus is teaching the apostles about his impending passion, death, and resurrection. The apostles, they don't understand. Why is that? It's because it says later on in the gospel, they had been discussing amongst themselves on the way, who was the greatest? Here, Jesus reveals something incredibly powerful how his mission will reach its culmination on the cross. Are the apostles deeply shaken? Are they concerned or worried about Jesus? Absolutely not. Instead, they're talking about who's the greatest among themselves. Now, this would be comical if it weren't so tragic. Here, Jesus is going one way. The apostles are going just the opposite way. Now, what are the apostles really doing? They essentially are jockeying for positions of power. Remember last week in the gospel, the Israelites for centuries on end, they prayed and they hoped for a Messiah, but a general Messiah, a warrior Messiah, who would overthrow the Roman army and set up a new administration. Well, the apostles believe that Jesus will do just that. So now they are worried about, you know, where are they going to be in the pecking order? of this new administration as Jesus comes to power and sets up or establishes his new government. And yet, doesn't that happen to us sometimes in our careers, maybe sports or activities? We become acutely aware of how we are perceived. Where will we be in the pecking order? Are we climbing up the ladder of success or are we going down? You know, it's basic to our human nature. And yet, how often do we see this in the Gospels? The apostles, they just don't understand who Jesus is or his message because they're navel-gazing. They're more concerned about themselves than their own self-interest to see the truth right before them. Yet, that is the hidden danger that we must be on guard for to avoid. 
the danger of worrying about how we are perceived by others. Or maybe, you know, again, how we are climbing up that ladder. Whether it's success, notoriety, fame, or fortune. Or worse yet, are we descending down that ladder? So it's only natural for us as human beings to, at times, have those thoughts. Like the apostles, we have the potential to be blinded by ambition and positions of authority. Now, how does Jesus respond? He says, If any of you wishes to be first, you shall be last of all and servants of all. Herein lies a basic biblical truth. Greatness in God's eyes is not measured by power, honor, or social status of this world. Rather, greatness in God's eyes is measured by humility and service to others. Where is that most clearly seen? Well, in the lives of the saints. You know, the saints in their own right became who they are because they dedicated themselves to serving God through humility. Their lives were dedicated to serving people, whether it was the poor, like St. Francis, serving the sick, like Mother Cabrini, or serving the African or Native Americans of our country, like St. Catherine Drexel did. These saints are just a few examples of people who were not consumed of how they were being perceived by others. They weren't blinded by ambition or were they constantly jockeying for positions of power. The saints were people who dedicated themselves to serving others rather than themselves. A common thread that is found, woven, through all the saints is the great virtue of humility. Now, humility comes from that Latin root word, humus, which means ground. Well, if we truly are humble, we are always grounded in who we are in relationship with God. Humility keeps us rooted or grounded in the knowledge of who we are as God's faithful servants. The daily practice of humility keeps us always grounded in that awareness and that knowledge. Now, what can uproot us? Pride? Ambition? You know, where am I in the pecking order? What does Jesus do? Now, this is important. Jesus, it says, taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arm around it, he said to them, whoever receives one child such as this in my name, receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. Here, Jesus is challenging the social status of that time, as well as the apostles. Now, we have to realize what Jesus is doing here. The child is not so much a symbol of sinlessness or dependency, but rather as an example of a social nobody. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, in the ancient world, the child or children held no social status or social importance whatsoever. Remember, there were no social safety nets for children. There was no Medicaid, no, there was no health care benefits or educational benefits for children. In the ancient world, the child held no social status whatsoever. Jesus now challenges the apostles not to think in terms of social status or ambition, which they were doing. What is required? Humility. A humility that necessitates 
casting aside pride, ambition, status, and willing to become a social nobody. Living a life of discipleship without any fanfare, without any applause, and not promoting ourselves, such that we live a life of discipleship in some ways with anonymity. Again, the greatest saints were social nobodies. Notice what Jesus says, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. You know, it's the gentle practice of humility. By placing that child in his midst and then embracing that child, putting his arm over the child, Jesus now changes the conversation from servant to now the one being served. Because children in the ancient world were looked upon as social or legal nobodies. They essentially had nothing to be gained by being kind to a child. Essentially, the children in the ancient world, they didn't have any legal status or social status. And yet, by Jesus embracing this child, he displays his acceptance of this child as worthy of respect, care, and love. Take it a step further. When Jesus says, whoever receives this child receives me, Jesus now identifies himself with all the people, especially those without power or social status. Jesus' ministry is to have love and mercy that transcends to all, especially those in our society that are looked down upon, marginalized, the poor, the sick, the lonely. If we, too, are genuine followers of Jesus Christ, and we are, then essentially we treat people with kindness and respect and dignity regardless of their socioeconomic status or their ethnic background, whoever they may be. We treat all people the same as living witnesses of Jesus Christ. In fact, each and every one of us loved by Christ. And so we treat them just like that. We don't care about whether people notice how much we do for the poor, how much people notice that we visit the sick, We don't care about whether people see us and how we live out our ministry or our life, our faith life. Instead, there's only one person that we should care, who sees it all, God. And God will reward us for that. I'll leave you just one last thought. Mother Teresa was once interviewed by a reporter, and he asked her, how can you keep ministering to people 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for almost 40 years? How do you do that without being burned out? She looked at the reporter and she said, I look into the face of every person I minister to. I look into the face of that baby that is starving to death that I'm trying to feed. I look into the face of that person that's dying. I look into the face of that person who I'm binding their wounds. And I always see the face of Christ. And I can't turn away. I'm compelled to help them. Well, may we, through our ministry and all the good work that we do, always see the face of Christ in those people and always be compelled to help them, regardless of who sees us or not, regardless of social status, regardless of whether or not we are rewarded 
For we truly will be rewarded one day when God tells us, well done, good and faithful servant. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.